We hope you enjoy listening to this podcast of St. Louis on the Air, brought to you by University College at Washington University. With undergraduate and graduate programs, part-time, evening, and online. University College at Washington University, offering world-class education within reach. Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. Tragedy this week in St. Louis when an innocent bystander was shot and killed near the Grand Metrolink station. It once again raised the question of Metrolink security, even though it was only near the station and involved an argument that had started elsewhere. This incident occurred as two reporters for the Belleville News Democrat were writing in depth about Metrolink security. They wondered if Metrolink is as dangerous as it is often portrayed to be. The reporters, Kelsey Landis and Joseph Bustos, joined me in studio. Thanks for being with us, guys. Thanks for, yeah, thanks thanks for, for having, having us. us. Kelsey, let me start with you and just get a very general overview of uh, what your findings were. Sure. So we started this story a little more than a year ago, thinking that we were going to find that crime on Metrolink was sky high. That was because our investigation began after a series uh, or a wave of violent crime in the Metro East and also in the St. Louis area on Metrolink. Now, that's why we decided, let's let's look at this. No one has really ever done that we know of an in-depth look at, <clears throat> at the crime rates on Metrolink. So we started by collecting, uh, filing Freedom of Information Act requests and Sunshine Law requests to police departments, 15 to be exact, from along the entire Metrolink line so that we could get an idea of what kind of calls police were responding to. Mm -hmm. uh, that took up the bulk of our time. And then finally, we got uh, crime reports from the different police departments responsible for policing Metrolink and compiled those in order to uh, create a ratio of how much crime there is compared to ridership on Metrolink. And what we found was surprising. While each crime on Metrolink that hurts somebody or affects somebody is a tragedy, you know, we don't diminish that at all. But we found that it's that crime on Metrolink is actually quite low when you compare it to ridership. Joe, this is an awful lot of data to, to pour <laughs> yeah. through. It, it was a ton to, to go through. We, it, as Kelsey said, we sent requests to uh, 15 departments, mm -hmm. uh, and it, it was dozens and dozens. I think it was north of 50 uh, public information, uh, uh, open records requests that we sent out, and it all came in in different forms. Uh, some came in electronically, some came in in scanned PDFs, which we had to manually retype into a, an Excel file, which took uh, months sometimes at one point. I, I, uh, I spent like three weeks putting together like nearly 80 pages worth of stuff just from the St. Clair County Sheriff's Department. Was there any reticence on the part of any of these uh, various entities uh, to present you, provide you with information? There, uh, most were ready to, to – they were happy to give it to you. Uh, some of these also we had to spend a little bit of money to, to get it. Um, the St. Clair County Sheriff's Office, they were ready to go. I think once we sent it in, they were, they were happy to, to share it with us. Uh, some said – Wait, we don't do much on Metrolink. That's mainly the St. Clair, uh, St. Clair County or St. Louis City or St. Louis County. But the lines were going through their town. So even if it was only a handful of calls that they responded to, we were asking for those. Yeah. Kelsey, uh, ridership is down. People are afraid. There's no question about it, I guess, because of what you indicated earlier, that uh, th there, there are these concerns. I guess that's because of the way it's presented in the media. Well, a lot of that, that's what police say. A, a lot of the police that we talked to were 
ready to give us this information because they say, we've done what people wanted. We've drastically increased our patrols at Metrolink stations, on the trains. And, uh, but that doesn't, that doesn't, you know, that's, the ridership is still down. We, we've seen a decrease in ridership at about 2 million riders over the past two years. That might have to do with, with the fear of, of riding Metrolink, about security issues. But also, uh, people will po- Metro points out that there's fewer downtown events and ridership is down across at, at Metro uh, at train stations and train uh, transit systems across the country. So uh, St. Louis is is pretty high up there as far as transit systems that have seen decreased ridership. But I think that police want people to know that they've been out there and they've been doing more. Uh, We saw, for example, St. Louis County has increased their patrols from 2016. There's about 700 patrols reported to nearly 16,000 patrols reported on Metrolink in 2017. Mm -hmm. Similarly, St. Clair County and St. Louis City have drastically increased their patrols. So, Joe, with the ridership down, does that skew your figures in any way? I I don't know if it – I mean, one of of the things that we found – we were were doing a ratio. I think we looked at uh, violent crimes – Per um, or less less we call it less serious crimes. I think mm. part two crimes is sometimes what they're what they're referred to. Um, there were six hundred thirty four less serious crimes in um, I believe that in twenty sixteen and in twenty seventeen there were six hundred thirty two. Mm. So um, we in the findings that we had uh, for some of the more violent stuff like a homicide or robbery in twenty sixteen there were one point four violent crimes per one hundred thousand boardings. Oh, excuse me, that was in 2017, but it was less than one in 2016 for 100,000 boardings. Yeah, the numbers that I took from your article indicate that around 20% of the total crimes are violent crimes. Mm-hmm. That's still way too high, but probably not as high, Kelsey, as, as some people might have expected, Yeah, given I, the publicity once again. The shootings always get a lot of publicity. That's right, and and police will say that they, you know, they call it, or, or we've come to call it, the near Metrolink phenomenon. Whenever anything happens in the city and it bleeds onto the Metrolink, for example, the the tragic shooting on on Tuesday, the argument between these individuals started at at a restaurant somewhere a, a far away from from the the bus station and the and the Metrolink station, but then it continued on to it, uh, and and that definitely contributes to the perception. We we talked to one woman uh, who was at a bus stop at North Hanley a couple months ago. She said, "I'll never ride Metrolink. I, I'll never. I, I won't get on it." He said, "Why?" Have you experienced something? No, but I've seen it on the news. And so that creates a real fear. And what we wanted to do was see if that fear is justified. Now, some people won't ever ride the Metrolink. We spoke with one woman, Jan Johnson, whose brother, uh, her brother from Maplewood, was was shot at the East Riverfront Station after leaving the casino there. And he was badly injured. He couldn't walk for a while and and he's doing a little bit better now but before she gets back on the metrolink she says i want to see barriers i want to see police and i i want to see more protections before i'll get back on that train yeah joe i think uh, some of the headlines the first headlines mm-hmm. from the shooting at the grand station this week or near the grand station yeah i should point out were 
shooting at Metrolink, shooting at a Metrolink station. That's the way it was presented. And I think a lot of headlines in the last couple of years will say at a Metrolink station and when they were only just near the Metrolink station. Um, I think uh, even when we spoke to Chief Belmar uh, of St. Louis County Police, he was saying yeah, if – uh, sometimes these are people who just knew each other, and if there were some sort of barrier system, these guys wouldn't even be at the at the station. Hmm. I, I want to take some calls. We're starting to get them, and I'll invite calls at 382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Send us an email to talk at stlpublicradio.org or a tweet at, uh, at STL on there. But before we start taking, taking the calls, um, it, it's also true that much of the crime, and the violent crime in particular, takes place in a selected few uh, stations isn't that correct, Skelsey? What or would Joe? you say? Joe? I mean, I mean, I think we saw one of the things that we saw um, is there are a lot of different stations that have lots of act- police activity. Whether they are extra patrols, there might be um, a, a call for an assault or something like that. It may not actually turn into an actual police report or even lead to an arrest. Um, and the, the stations that saw the most police activity were North Hanley, uh, Rock Road, and Fairview Heights. Um, Ferry Heights in the Metro East is the last point where you could transfer from the blue line to the red line. It also has a large parking lot, so it's going to see a lot more people. So the um, bigger the yeah. stations, oftentimes the more crimes and the more police activity that they saw. What about the uh, security people of working for Metro? I mean, what sort of a role do they play? They can't. They don't have too much uh, clout, do they? Well, they. A lot of them. Some of them are allowed to carry firearms. Others aren't. But, uh, but there's no arrest. No. Yeah. They're they're usually they're able to detain people mm. until the police arrive. But what the police say should be the division of of these services is the police say we want to be there when the bad stuff happens we want the metro security officers to be there to maintain a positive ridership environment so you know keeping drunk people off the train and and doing things like that but when something serious goes down that's when they should call the police well let's take a couple of calls there are more things that we can talk about here but our audience wants to get into the discussion so let's bring jerry and o'fallon in first jerry thanks for waiting you're on the air good afternoon uh i am always amazed uh the people i know that refuse to ride metrolink because it is just um that it's almost like a brainwashing, and I, and I think a lot of it has to do with going all the way back well over a decade when the, the um, uh, we saw this anti-Metrolink crusade to bring it across to St. Charles County, and I think that legacy of fear still endures, and I really don't know what the solution is. You know, in, you know, being in the news business, you know, if, if it scares, it airs; if it bleeds, it leads, and that's what gets people's attention. So I. Uh, it just returned from Europe, where public transportation is uh, so much more advanced. And the irony is that the more people that use it, the safer it becomes. And as we're seeing now, the opposite, when people are afraid to use it, um, they get the perception when there are very few people on board, and they may look differently than, than, than you or I or anyone that they normally come in contact with. Uh, it causes an issue that, that uh, simply keeps people away. Jerry, thanks for Thank the you. call. Joe, do you think uh, the public transit gets a bad rep? I mean, uh, I, Kelsey and I both went to college, uh, or, or Kelsey went to grad school in Chicago. I went to my undergrad in the Chicago area. So we were used to public transportation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were used to going on the L, which had a turnstile. There was a, a I guess, I, I think uh, one of the 
the police officers that we spoke to, there's a culture of public transportation. So you're you're used to paying your fare. Uh, Metrolink opened in '93. There were no turnstiles. It was the cheapest way to build the station. It was on existing uh, trail bed uh, right. uh, train tracks. So they they didn't put it in, and now they didn't put the the, the barriers in. So that there's now people are still getting used to what is this this uh, um, this system and how do you use it. So yeah. I, I think that's part of that. Sometimes the fear of the unknown, fear of something that is relatively new. Um, even though when uh, Kelsey and I were talking about this on the way over, uh, it was tried. It was they were how they were they were promoting it as this beacon of the future, right? Yeah, I mean, when they first started developing MetroLink in the early 1990s, we went back at the Belleville News Democrat clips to see you know what people were saying at the time, and the public debate largely surrounded a fight to get MetroLink to come through your community. Mm-hmm. People in Belleville wanted to see it come through Belleville. People in other areas wanted to see it come through their city, and it was a solution for traffic. It was a solution for uh, air pollution. And and people were very optimistic about it. Uh, the debate around security was not one that happened in the the public light until until later. And quite a debate it was. I mean, this thing didn't happen overnight. I recall covering that going back to the early 80s. And they talked about it and talked about it and talked about it until finally in the 90s something something happened. Okay, let's uh, let's uh, go back to the phones here, and I want to see if uh, Chris in St. Louis uh, will join us. Chris, uh, thank you for waiting. You're on the air. Thank you, and thank you, and good afternoon. Um, I wanted to to say something. I'm, I'm I've been a, a MetroLink rider um, every day for about 20 years, um, and I, I'm very much involved in trying to expose uh, issues of crime and so forth. I agree with Jerry. I'm a huge public transit supporter. Um, the real problems, uh, as, as you just kind of mentioned, didn't really begin with the proof of payment system. The proof of payment system is used around the world. Um, it, it doesn't matter whether you have barriers or not. You need enforcement. Whether you have barriers or not, you need somebody there to man them. And the real problems began several years ago. Um, we riders, daily riders, really noticed that there were no police anymore. And this was exposed um, by Tony Messenger in the Post-Dispatch last year, um, as you're you're well aware. And I think that the problem really begins and ends with the St. Louis County Police Department. Um, Those of us, we're citing crime statistics here. I see crime every day. I see drug deals. I see assaults. I see lesser crimes, smoking on a platform, you know, dealing weed, throwing stuff on the ground. No, no one cares. No one calls it any, in anymore. I was banned from so from reporting these crimes to Metro. They they banned me on social media. I, I'm not allowed to to tell them this stuff anymore. So just because there's fewer crimes on the police, I guess official records doesn't mean there are fewer crimes. One last point: the Belleville News Democrat statistics showed St. Louis County Police reported that they increased patrols last year over. 2016 by over 21,000 percent. If you look at the numbers and do the math, it's 21,000 percent. They said we did this many more patrols in 2017. Okay, you know? Chris. Chris, let, let's. Uh, you, you've given us a lot to talk about here. Let's uh, let's parse this a little bit. Uh, Joe, do you want to take that? I mean, one? I think part of that is um, St. Louis County also started um, assigning more officers to the to the system so that and uh talking to belmar he mentioned they i think they also did try to do a better job of reporting and recording what they were actually doing um when we saw the percentage we were also shocked and we were like okay (laughs) this is a this is a 
how is this possible? But that's it, what we were we were noticing. You know, there was also some bad publicity when mm-hmm. it was uh, pointed out that uh, some of these officers were supposed to be monitoring and mm-hmm. were not. That was that was out in the Hanley Station area, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know, now we see that we were speaking with the MetroLink uh, uh, secure unit chief in in uh, St. Clair St. Louis County, and he tells Scott Melius, who tells us that there's 44 police officers in the county who are assigned to MetroLink, and that's up pretty. I don't remember how much it is exactly before, yeah. but it was it was up. And then in St. Clair County, there's 15 and 9 in the city. But so. there are a lot of jurisdictions, too. Does that create a problem? I, I think that that might be another issue. Um, um, St. Lu- St. Clair County, they could go into East St. Louis. They could go into Washington Park. They could go into Belleville. So that's why they've taken some of that primary role. St. Louis County could also go yeah. um, uh, into other jurisdictions. And one of the things that... Um, police departments are trying to do now uh like st Clair county is now allowed to go into the city go all the way up to the del mar loop and st louis county could go up to the river to help kind of cover the middle ground in the but city it, but it definitely complicates uh efforts to organize law yeah. enforcement yeah. and not to mention that there's communications i think is yeah. something you pointed yeah. out. yeah well yeah. and there's also four into four government entities that have a hand in managing metrolink right. so. let's take another call we'll bring in hosea who's been waiting in st louis hosea you're on the air Hey, go ahead, hey, please. Thank you for yes, thank you for having me on your wonderful show. Great, get to the point, please. Oh, there we don't have much time. Okay, your 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 last call with Chris hit the nail all over the head. I'm just going to make one statement. With all the crime that occurs on the metro, it's the same people. If the metro system was were doing their job, they would pinpoint these people at eighth and pine the same crew hangs out every day and they harass the people on the train selling drugs there's a big old fat guy who weighs about 300 pounds he's there every day but nothing is done that's what irks me it's the same criminals doing the same thing every day but nobody sees them except us passengers. Hosea, thank you so much. Uh, let's get a response to that. Kelsey, do you uh, share any yeah. of his uh, thoughts? Yeah, well, one of the one of the complaints of the police department is we can't always be there to every single time, every single train, every single platform because I mean, your tax bill would be going up dramatically mm-hmm. if if you if if the different entities were paying for that. Uh, but, you know, at this point, I, I think the complaints about ongoing crime and crime that's not being reported because people aren't or can't call it in, uh, calling these crimes in, I, I think that just highlights the importance for an ongoing investigation into what you know into what police are doing, what MetroLink is doing to ensure that to ensure they're doing the right thing to make sure people like your callers are being heard. We had one listener who has uh, contacted us saying, uh, "What about gang activity? Is uh, has that been part of your reporting?" I don't think we saw uh, we did we didn't go too deep into that portion of it. Um, uh, so. But is it an issue? Yeah, it could be. It could be. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, it's um, it's um, it's certainly something that that police are looking at. I'm sure. What uh, I'm, I'm sure you talked to a lot of riders uh, during the course of your investigation here. What essentially is the consensus, or is there one, with regard to the people who ride the trains? If, if, if one, we talked to a couple of riders while on the train, and they said, "Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. I could get to wherever I need to." Um, and yes, you have to keep 
your eye out for stuff. But that's that's true for any public transportation mm-hmm. system. If you see people talking loudly or a group talking loudly and they may be a little boisterous, you, you, I think one person said to us, you get your head out of your phone and you just keep your head on the swivel. But nothing ever happens from it. So. Yeah. Do you, well, nothing may happen from it. <laughs> yeah. Do you come to any conclusions of what you feel after your investigation as to some of the things that should be done? Kelsey? Well, I think that – I think – one thing that we heard from multiple, you know, writers and also police that we talked to is people want to, they're begging to feel safe to take Metrolink and, and, and Metrobus as well. And so I think what that takes is a concentrated public campaign on, on maybe the politicians part to, to make, pe- to make people feel safer and to make sure that people know that they're doing something. Uh, th- thus far, it hasn't materialized in a grand way. I mean, I, I, um, I don't think turnstiles or a barrier system in which you have to go through would hurt. Um, but it is true. You might need someone there to make sure that people aren't jumping the turnstiles. So what, um, what uh, is this study all about that apparently a study is underway or about to take place with regard to all of this? There's what a, is it and what specifically is being looked at? There's a couple. There's a, a, a – I think they're calling it an access control study and it's there, – there, there's two um, uh, two studies. One was an access control study. One is at – uh, they're putting like fencing where they're trying to funnel people through – a certain location. One is at Fairview Heights, one's at Forest Park, and one is at North Hanley to make sure it's one central place where people enter the Metrolink station. Mm-hmm. And then there's this $400,000 study that East West Gateway is carrying out that's looking at, I think, overall policies and uh, I think over uh, something similar to what we, we did as well. A $400,000 study? Yeah, I think it should be done in the fall. It's supposed to be done oh. in the fall, and, and the barrier, the non-barrier barrier study is, is the access control is supposed to be go into effect sometime. Sometime, I think by the end of this month, the they might start constructing these these fences that will funnel people to one central entrance place. <laughs> Boy, these studies four hundred thousand for this. We just reported earlier this week they're going to be spending eight hundred thousand dollars a month to study privatization at the airport for the next several months. In my next life, guess what I want to do I, I when think I grow It up? might be cool to be a consultant <laughs> that does these studies. Not bad. Let's take one more call. We'll have Richard in St. Louis join us. Go ahead, Richard. So, uh, I just want to point out that there four people were shot on I-64 the other night but yet where's all the fear-mongering and hand-wringing and calls for tolls and barriers on our highways? I, I guess I'm just so bothered by the double standard. We have a regional crime problem, and we need to tackle it as a region so many different ways. Thanks. Richard, thanks for the call. Well, he's right. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that, uh, like, Patty Beck from uh, uh, Bi-State Development said. Like, there are some times where crime from the region – sometimes spills over onto the Metrolink. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the points that they've <clears throat> tried to point out. Yeah. Well, uh, Patty has been in contact with us when she heard that we were doing this program today, and um, they're freaking out over there because uh, anything, as we indicated earlier in the program, happened near the station, and it didn't involve the station per se, but uh, that's what they have to contend with is this ongoing image of an unsafe place to be. As we put a bottom line to this, let me ask you for your bottom line. Kelsey, I'll start with you. Is is the Metrolink system, system safe? I think... I think safe is, is subjective. So if you feel it's safe, it's safe. You'll, you can feel safe riding it. If you don't feel safe, then you don't feel safe. I think 
if people are serious about saving the public transit system, if they're serious about keeping and maintaining the light rail system that we have in this region, they have to be they have to take the steps themselves to become either take the Metrolink if they're scared or find a way to, or find a way to justify their feelings. You think the system is in jeopardy? You say, if you want to keep the system, (laughs) I think if you want to keep it healthy, I think, I think if you want ridership numbers to increase, then people are going to have to revisit the way that they think about taking the train. Joe. Yeah, I I agree with that. I mean, we had a state's attorney who said, Mm -hmm. if like, if these perception problems continue and these shootings continue, people are going to stop riding the system and it's going to become financially unhealthy. At least there's some reassurance from the reporting that you've done. Congratulations mm-hmm. on spending all those months to come up with this data. I think that uh, you know it's really important for us to know how well it's working or not working. Yeah. Thanks. Well, thank you thank both you. so much, Kelsey Landis. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, Joseph Bustos, great to have you with us. Reporters for the Belleville News Democrat. Take a look at that story, folks. A lot of very, very interesting information in it. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.